0: Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great
1: Unlearn. A full on anxiety attack on a field. Never happened to me before in my life. What does that look like? I wish I knew the thought where it started from, but I was just sitting in the locker room. I knew I was starting the game and I'm sitting down and my heart rate was 120 and I was just sitting.
0: What's it normally?
1: 70. I don't know how to fix it because I don't know where it's coming from. I think all of the emotions and the ride of trying to hold everything together and and put myself where I needed to be finally came at that moment. I didn't know if I would ever step on a field and feel comfortable again. I didn't know if that was even a possibility. All I wanted was to feel comfortable because I knew if I felt comfortable, I would do what I needed to do. I was there for my team. I did what I needed to do. I gave my team the opportunity, kept the bases clear like I did what I needed to do. And I do look back and I credit a lot of that to the story I told myself came true. And it was a positive story because a lot of times we tell ourselves stories that are negative.
0: Those will also come true. Those will also
1: come true. Basically the way I was able to go from bottom of the barrel back up to this amazing spot, I thought, you know, so many more moms could benefit from this and understand that I wasn't looking at me training for an Olympics as a selfish thing. Like I said, you know, this was a family decision and if I could model that we can still be us and choose our passion and not instead of, but and be a mom, mm. then let's do that. Then why wouldn't we do that? Getting moms to really look forward and say, okay, what do you want? Let's make a plan to get there. I look back at this whole journey and where we are and the amount of moms that we're helping now and, and which trickles down into families, right? Like
0: it really does. It does.
1: Like because most people have a fear. They don't want to try something because it's like, well, what if it doesn't work? Like you're either going to waste your time wondering if it's going to work or not, or you can spend that same amount of time trying it and then already being on to the next thing.
0: It's like one of the biggest things that we'll just keep it on brand here that you've unlearned about a way that you were showing up for the kids or not showing up.
1: We know that we're gonna make mistakes. So I don't, we don't beat ourselves up over them. We address them. It's a huge thing is when people don't address mistakes, kids fill in the blanks with their own stories, just like we all do. So we address our mistakes, then we move on and we try and be better. The more we try to grow, I actually feel like it helps my parenting a lot. Like when I really put myself out there and I understand that the way I see it isn't the same way that the kids see it. That's like a learning I had for myself. Yet I now can apply that to parenting. So I'm able to kind of step back and put myself in their shoes. And that's communication 101, right? It's
0: not easy for a lot of people to extend that into their kids. And I think the kids deserve that. It's been almost two and a half years since we sat down and, uh, I was telling you, I was listening to it this morning just to, I, I was just curious because it's been two and a half years. It's been 80 some odd episodes later and, and first of all, you, you were amazing. And as I was saying, I don't, I know, you know, your thoughts and your experiences have colored what this conversation will be. But boy, I was green back then. Holy shit. <laughs> but it was good. It was good to, to listen to and I guess appreciate what happens when you commit to something and, and getting in, the, we've talked about this a lot, like getting in the reps, no matter what it is. And, um, you know, I think for, for me, it was uh, getting more clear on articulating Uh, how I see the world, experience the world. And um, yeah, so, so, so now it goes, it's, it's a much, even though it's it's a bit of a, got marbles in my mouth right now, it's generally a a much smoother process, but uh, I did have an appreciation for, for that. And for you being the the third guest. I mean, how about that?
1: Totally, right? Yes. But it's a good reminder that, we all have gifts and regardless of how good your gift is, there's a way to polish and shine and um, maybe turn it over to see a new side. But I think it's a good reminder because I think a lot of times we get stuck in, well, I'm supposed to be good at this because you have a gift of, of speaking with people. That's you always have. Mm-hmm. So starting the podcast seemed natural and I I remember you great. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it is, I think it's a, it's a great reminder regardless of, you know, how, natural something comes that there's always a way to kind of make it a little bit more sparkly or shine a little bit differently, um, and create something out of that.
0: Let's see. I I can't wait for you to start your podcast. (laughs) It'll be fun. Yes. Um, okay. So Lauren Regula, back when you were on before you were attempting, I guess, to make the softball team, the Canadian national softball team for, for the third time. You went in 04, in 08, um, they obviously didn't, well, maybe not obvious to, to the listeners, but they, they um, took softball out of the Olympics, reintroduced it in 2020. Obviously those Olympics happened in 2021. And so a lot's happened since then, holy shit. And, and you've, been, you've been through a lot. And so I definitely wanna cover the Olympic experience. I think that's important. Something that we talked about before, which I think is so important for, 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 it's, it's been coming up a lot for me and my, my conversations here is around parenting. And I love the way um, you and Dave parent and show up for your kids and, and allow them to have their own experience. Not, um, yeah, not trying to make them you know, little versions of, of, of you, which I think is a challenge for a lot of people. Especially high performing, I think um, that when it's not coupled with kind of a deep grounding in who you are, uh, it can go it can go awry, and we've we've all witnessed that. And I'm sure there are times in my life where it's shown up as well. And uh, I, I do the best I can now to to release that stuff. But you know that's something that I definitely want to cover today. Um, but one of the things you're, you're doing right now, which I think is, is having a tremendous impact on so many women. And because of that, you know, I should say mothers, uh, it's having an impact on their family and, um, that's strong mom, strong fam, the program that, that you created. And I would say right now is just, you're in a real sweet spot with it. And what's cool is the journey that it took to get there and the reps and the challenges and the missteps and the spinning the wheels and the, oh, am I supposed to be doing this? Oh my God, this is so hard. Um, but just your trust in that this is what you're you're meant to do. And now here you are, I think, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but just in your zone of genius and, and really loving what you do. Um, so there's, again, this is I don't do an intro pre-recorded. I, I don't. <laughs> We've tried that a couple of times, right, Linz? And it's just, ugh, it's so cringy. So sometimes I like to throw out there some things I'd like to cover. This is my intro. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll start with... Uh, let's drop in the Olympic experience. And I'd love to know... You know, I know from speaking to you and Dave the challenges that that presented for your family and the sacrifices that you made, uh, the sacrifices that Dave made. And, um, you know, that was leading up to 2020 and, and then they got postponed. And so maybe drop into that. Like what, what when, they, when, they drop, when they dropped the 2020 Olympics, did you think like you weren't gonna be going? was it over? Like what, how, like bring us there.
1: Yeah, that's a, no, that's a great question. A little bit of backstory just so everyone understands. So I got presented this opportunity to play and I knew in my heart, I wanted to do it. I also understood having a family and and being to two Olympics before I know what it's like to train for an Olympics. You don't just, you know, go away for two weeks and then come home. Mm. And so there was a lot of really tough conversations that had happened. And once we made the decision, the full decision that we were in as a family, it wasn't my journey, it was ours. Once we made that full decision, even when the Olympics were canceled, I never had a moment of, I'm not doing this. I thought, you know, my first thought was for those that don't know, Canada pulled out before the Olympics were actually postponed. So I was thinking, I might not even have an opportunity to go because if Tokyo goes on and says we're doing it, Canada was not going no matter what. Oh. So that was my fir- my first thought was you know I was I was thankful to be part of um you know, Canada did something different. They just stood up and said, "We're not going. And i I was actually extremely proud of that because we didn't know what was happening at the time, and we weren't just following. And that that to me, that was really inspiring. Like we were actually leading the way. We were one of the first countries to say we're not going to go. So I was super proud in that moment. I was also devastated because we had made this decision. Um I had been training, taking time away from my family. You know, and what that, did
0: that look like so people can understand?
1: Yeah. So, um, essentially, what happened was, I was regular days I was training and I was taking my time away from my family in terms of I had to drive 45 minutes, do my bullpens, which means my work got pushed till later. So I really had to kind of finagle my family time and be very particular on the space that I was saving for it that I wouldn't touch. My calendar is all color coded and and very, (laughs) very well thought out. (laughs) Um, But then I worked out a, a deal with my coach who allowed me to go two weeks on two weeks off to training camp. So what would normally happen is I would show up for training camp, and this is what happened in 04 and 08. You show up in February, and you're there February through. You may be able to come home for visits home, but you were with the team. And for me, that wasn't necessarily an option Three kids. Um, and I, I was married in 08, so I, w- I would li- love to say being married that it wouldn't be an option, but that wasn't that wasn't the case, right? Yeah. It was the kids that really were I sat there going, I can't be gone for six months for my family. I've got three kids.
0: And how old are the kids at at this point?
1: Yeah, they were 11, um, 11, 10, and 8. Yes. And so um, that's the deal we worked out. So I was two weeks on in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and then I would come home for two weeks. Then I went back to uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia for two weeks, came home for two weeks right when the borders closed. Everything closed. Everything shut down. So that was... The initial plan. And so when the Olympics were actually postponed, I knew that we were in and I was going to keep doing it. We also have to remember for those that don't know, I run my own business and one of them is an in person gym, which also got sh- its doors shut. So I'm sitting here going, okay, the Olympics are now canceled because then postponed, excuse me. Then all of a sudden, I have no business. Our, you know, ability to feed our family at that moment came to a halt. Not necessarily, um, you know, more theoretically, like we had to close our doors. How are we going to keep our business open? How are we going to keep employees? And then we had to, just like most people, crisis school, three kids. I won't even call it homeschooling because Mm, (laughs) I can't say say I did a great job at that. Um, So we're trying to manage all of these things. And I knew to me, and this is just full honesty, Softball was actually a light. Softball was something that I was able to be excited about in a really tough time because they were postponed. They weren't canceled. That means there's a chance that, you know, obviously anything could happen. But I still had that nugget and that carrot. And that was really important for me because during a really tough time, a lot of uncertainty in my brain, I wanted to go through all, you know, the the schooling and doing everything for our business. But then I had that that light to go, okay, I'm going to go train. I, I need to work out mentally, but I also know I still have to do it because we still have to submit all of our, we were still submitting all of our workouts to softball Canada and, and making sure we were doing everything on our end, even though everything was shut down. So it was, there was a lot of different components coming at me, but there was never once a moment of I'm not doing it. It was more like, okay, detour. How are we going to figure this out?
0: yeah and so then it's another basically once it, it it comes back on, it's another year or a stretch of months in that same rhythm of two on two off
1: so that was actually the kicker. um I got a call uh there's me and another um one of my teammates, Danielle Laurie. she has two daughters, and so you know we got a message basically due to Covid we wouldn't be allowed our opportunities to go home and um the original message was we would get one visit with our family and I started bawling. Like I walked into, my husband was in a different room. I walked in and he was like, well, if something happened to somebody. What's wrong? And I just said, I'm not going to be able to see you. Like we're not allowed to break our bubble. Just bawling, hysterical felt like I was going to throw up. And I think I had that reaction because I knew I was doing it it wasn't, it, I still didn't question whether I was doing it or not. Yeah. I still knew I was going to do it. Like I was, I was so committed, but I also knew what that meant. And I, I knew that meant that I wasn't going to be able to see my family. I mean, telling a mom that you can't, you only have one visit in six months with your kids uh, when, you know, I understood logically why that had to happen, but I just wasn't ready for it. So yeah, I had that conversation. And for me, I was very lucky. I actually tripled that. <laughs> Yeah. I got two visits, and then um my husband drove for one kind of mini visit and and watched us play, and I was able to get some photos with the kids kind of behind me because we still had that bubble, yeah um so yeah, that was a very interesting twist and turn, and um glad it happened because its sh- you know if it was meant to happen another another way it would have yeah. it didn't it happen the way it was supposed to, and I had a lot of appreciation for um, people that travel for, I, like, there's a lot of things that I was taking in that I would never have had the experience of. And it was really the only way, you know, I spent a lot of times crying. I was, I cried a lot at night. Um, mm-hmm. not every night, but there was a lot of tears. And I finally hit that moment where I know this is happening for me, even though it's hard. What am I learning? Like, you know, what can I take out of this, this experience that I would never have probably signed up for in the beginning? Right.
0: If you knew it was going to be that. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah,
0: And when, you know, that visit that that Dave and the kids made, obviously it's amazing to see them, but was it hard to not be able to like, what was that like?
1: Yeah. So I had a conversation with our, um, our team um, physio and our doctor, and we were going back and forth on what was appropriate and not. And at the end of the day, it was because the stakes were so high, right? It's, it's your chance to go to the Olympics. And what people may not realize is there were rules and you couldn't test positive within a certain amount of time until the Olympics. And if you did, you were, you would be off the team. And Ugh. so the stakes were pretty high and you, you don't want to bring that to the team. And so it wasn't, you weren't just worried about yourself. Right. So, um, I said to my, uh, our physio, I said, how do I, I can't tell a eight year old child. You can't run up and hug mom. You haven't seen me for two months like that, that to me was very difficult. Um, and so we had made a rule, right. Double masked and, um, kids masked and we could have that hug. Mm. Um, but then it was, you know, masks off and I'd face, you know, out towards the camera, they'd face out and be behind me. So it w- it was a definitely a delicate place to be because as a mom, I don't see my kids for too much. All I want to do is hug on them. Mm. Right. All I want to do is go be with them. And that wasn't necessarily an option. And I understood why, but, you know, trying to tell an eight-year-old kid and a 10-year-old kid, you know, don't, don't go hug mom. Right. Oh, as, that's yeah. their, their instinct. So that was, that was a little bit, you know, of a ginger. Well, what
0: was it like when you actually got to h- hug them for the first time?
1: You know, it's funny. So, um, Dave and I, my husband and I decided, which was the best decision we ever made, to, after the Olympics, I went to a hotel. He and I went together, and we just spent a couple days together. And we knew that re-entry into real life, we wanted to, one, connect with each other, right? Mm. Because once the kids are around, that would be the focus. And we both knew that. So we wanted to design our environment instead of our environment designing us. Mm. And so we decided to go to a hotel. So... I was able to have connection with my husband, um, kind of catch up, and just focus on him and our relationship, and talk, and do the things that I wanted to and were extremely important. And then it allowed us to enter, you know, chaotic real life of me being gone for six months as a united front and together. The foundation was back together instead of trying to piecemeal that while trying to, you know, be mom. And so I remember we were pulling in after you know, spending those couple days together. And I was like, okay, I want you to film this because I want to remember this moment for forever. And I want to have it on film. (laughs) He didn't even get halfway up the driveway and the car still going. And I like pushed the door open (laughs) and I ran in as fast as I could. And I just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get inside the house fast enough. Mm. I couldn't have that delayed gratification of I wanted to have it on, on video because I just the minute the, t- the tires hit <laughs> the driveway, I was open. He's like, hold on, the door still, the car's still going. So anyways, I ran in and it was, you know, it was everything I expected as far as a homecoming and the hugs, but they're kids. And they are like, after about two minutes, they were like, hey, mom, can I have water? Mom, I'm going to go to Ben's house, y- you know, and that's, that's yeah. kids. And so it was, it was really funny because it was one of those movie moments very short-lived, though. <laughs>
0: yeah, that you'll never forget. <laughs>
1: totally.
0: Well, tell me this: you, you said you you just knew you were going to do it when they got postponed. And and so, what was it within you that knew, or or is there is there a way to describe what that is, or is it just a knowing?
1: It's a great question. Like, what
0: was out like? What was what were you maybe seeking, or what was the draw? to have this experience, you've had it twice, um, in a much different state. It was, you know, 12, 13 years earlier. Um, you weren't a mom and, um, yeah, I'm just curious, like what, what it was.
1: Yeah. What was pulling me? Yeah. There's a couple different places I go here, but first of all, um, you know, the, the softball field, that's, that's my spot or it had been. And And if we talk about it later, if we don't, it's okay. But it was a really rough spot for me, which was very odd because I was so used to being comfortable on the field and I had a really hard time getting comfortable. Um, But that in my brain was, that was my home, right? That was where I would show up and, and feel my most confident self. And I had been lacking that. And so I was excited to get into the place where I knew like this, this is where I belong. So that was part of it. The other part was, I I do believe, and I've said this before, I do believe it is pretty inauthentic to go tell your kids to chase dreams and do what you know you want to do and you can pave your own path and then not go ahead and do that myself. Mm-hmm. And so that that was something that I wanted to model. I didn't necessarily want to say, because I think there is a lot of lip service too. You know what? You go do your thing and if that's what makes you happy and that's what sets your soul on fire, go ahead and do that. So I, I sat down and I thought, well, how could I tell my kids that? Why don't I just, and not do it myself? I have this opportunity. Why would I ever say no? So that was another, uh, another part mm. um, kind of driving me is, is I just knew through action as opposed to words. Um, I, really, I really felt like I could kind of show my kids that it is possible.
0: Yeah. And I, I love that point. It's the, the whole idea that kids will do as you do, not as you say. And, and unfortunately, that's missed on a lot of us we're great at lecturing kids and telling them what to do, but we don't live that authentic expression of what we're telling them to do. And there's, there's no greater example than to see, you know, your mom make those sacrifices. And, and I know the relationship you have with the kids that they, they understood as much as they could at their age, that this wasn't you leaving them. This was you, this was so hard for you. And, you know, it just brought up for me actually is a friend of ours who,
1: Uh, Um. was adopted and just him having a lot
0: of resentment for so long for his biological parents
1: and it all shifted when he saw the perspective that
0: that must have been the hardest thing for them to ever do and then him just having gratitude that that they actually wanted a better life for him. Holy shit! Yep. And everything changed for him, yep. and just like was able to really process that and go through the sadness and the grief and and the back, you know, eventually to gratitude. But um, it's it's so important to 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 give your kids the opportunity to feel that and understand because uh, they don't really know. And 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 a lot of times we'll um, treat them as little kids when they really need a dose of you know some grown up
1: talk and give them that opportunity. Yeah, and that's I that was one thing, right? Like you, it's perspective. Just like you were saying, how you see the world is how the world will unfold for you, and so. I chose, and Dave and I chose together to look at this as an opportunity for Dave to get this experience with the kids that he otherwise wouldn't, right? I he made lunches, he did all of the things. He was the kids everything for a long period of time, which had I been around, that wouldn't have been an opportunity. And and we look at it as an opportunity. I also looked at it as an opportunity for our kids to be really independent. And I remember, you know, I would call home and, you know, I would hope that they would just want to chat with me. And they have their own lives. Like just because I'm gone doesn't mean their life was on hold. They weren't waiting around for mom to call. And there was that moment where I was kind of like, you know, you get that disappointed kind of like, do you you guys want to talk to me? (laughs) But someone had said to me, and it totally put it into perspective. She said, um, a friend of mine goes, Lauren, like it would actually be a lot scarier the other way around if they were sitting there waiting for you, but you're helping them see that they're okay on their, like they can do the things and mom can go away and everything's okay. And I had talked to my, um, therapist many times and I sat down and I, I don't think I, I don't know if I shared this on the first podcast because I don't know if I had talked to her to this point, but you know, I sat there and I was like, oh, Dr. Moranos, you know, are my kids going to be on this couch? Cause I really struggled with depression for those that don't know. Um, you know, because I'm leaving, do they, are they going to have fears of abandonment? Like I was playing all of the negatives right through my head. And and she just said, Lauren, no, you know, your kids feel safe. And for me to go away and see that they felt safe was huge. And I grew, the kids grew, Dave grew. I mean, they now do their own laundry. When I was there, I would do it for them. I'm mom. I'm like, Hey, give me your laundry. I get home and Dave's like, don't touch that. They know how to sort. They know how to, fly you know, and I thought, well, this is absolutely amazing. So there were great things that came from it. Um, and I, I chose to look through that lens and we chose to project that lens. We weren't projecting to the kids. Oh, this is going to be terrible. Mom's going to be gone in a negative tone. We projected it in a way of how exciting we get this time together, you know, dad and the kids, and we get to cheer on mom and she gets to follow her dreams and you guys get to be independent. And, and that was the way we chose to, to go about it.
0: Oh, I love that. Just the, the, you know, that, that word opportunity and be interesting uh, to see, <laughs> I wouldn't want to see it, but it'd be interesting to see had you chosen a different path, had it been the other way. And how challenging this is gonna be, and this is hard on everybody. Like, just going into that story, that narrative, I mean, wow, that's when they end up on the couch.
1: Yeah. And kids, they repeat what you say, right? I mean, it's funny when you realize how much of a mirror they are. They do what they model what you do, number one, but all of a sudden we'll hear our kids say something and we're like, Where did you get them? They must have heard it. And it would, it, would be very, it would be interesting to go back because just the energy, around it right there there's a difference between our daughter you know upstairs reading and being excited to read because she has alone time versus upstairs you know solemnly looking through a book and i think the energy we put out that's what they pick up and so it's it's you know as far as i know and again life is all it's pretty much a puzzle right and is this puzzle piece fit yeah. i don't know we'll yeah. see we'll yeah. see what the puzzle looks like in a couple years <laughs> yeah. um, we just make the best decisions we can with the best of intentions and the energy of looking at what are we gaining from this? Because you can look at it from both, right? You can look at what you're missing out on, or you can look at what you're gaining. And so we choose to look at what we're gaining.
0: Mm, it served you well. Now, let, let's, let's talk a little bit more about softball. Let's talk about those challenges, the panic attacks, the anxiety, Your home, as you said, this was where you were yourself. And then to a large degree, it's not you. Holy shit. What was that like?
1: Yeah. So um, it's so funny. Um, For those listening, I played in 04, the 04 games, the 08 games. And then I took eight years off and I played for two months in 2016. So now I'm, here I am, it's 2020 and 2021. So I really haven't played, you know, for 10, 12 years. And I'm trying to go back to the Olympics, right? I'm not trying to play in beer league, which <laughs> maybe could have started there. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a better choice to yeah. ease my way in. But maybe. Um, I I will say this because it's true. I I had the best practices and I would drive home because I was dry, I would drive 45 minutes to go throw bullpens. I had the best practices and I would call my dad and I was like, dad, I mean, I was, I was like a kid in college again, calling my dad every day I drove home, breaking down every bullpen. And I just kept saying, I just haven't thrown this well. Like, I can't believe it. I'm throwing as hard as I ever have. I'm throwing, like everything was great. And I show up to camp and I couldn't put it together. And I could not, I was so confused because I would get out on the field and I knew what I could do because I'd been doing it for the last year, you know, in my bullpens on my own with no one watching, which is a lot different. Um, and then I would get out and I would really struggle. I'm talking struggle. And I'd call my catcher back home who she caught for me and um, for the whole year and a half. And I'm like, I, I can't, I can't throw a strike. I'm, and she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I, I'm just, I was dumbfounded. So I had a lot of struggles, even from the moment I showed up to practice to the point where, you know, I know people are looking at me like, what's, what's going on, which made it worse because then I was trying even harder. And Uh I think really deep down, um, as much, like as much as I hate to say it, I'm I'm sure I just put so much pressure on myself to want to be the person that I knew I could be coming in on an Olympic year. I knew I could help the team. I really... You know, I wasn't doing this because of me. I was doing this because of the whole, right? It wasn't one, a one-person show. I wasn't like, this is Lauren's time. There, I wanted to help Canada. I wanted to help softball Canada in particular. I was doing it for my family. Of course, I was part of that equation 100% because that makes it whole. But there was so much at stake. And the only thing I can think of is I, I must have put so much pressure on myself because, you know, in my brain, I, I, I wasn't thinking you have to do, I wasn't thinking that you have to do so well, but my actions were indicating that was the case. And I had a few chats with my coach, like, Hey, let's go for a walk, right? Let's talk what's, what's going on. And I'm, I don't know. I just, am struggling. And so that bumpy entry into camp, I think just started this downward trend. And I, I, you know, I tell people cause people were watching and I was getting a lot of messages and um, I, you know, I, when it was all over, I said, it's, it's great because everyone got to see the highlight reel, but the moments to get to the Olympics were anything but. Um, I had, I did, I had a full-on anxiety attack on a field. Never happened to me before in my life. What does that look like? Yeah, so I was in, and I, I, again, I, I wish I knew the thought where it started from, but I was just sitting in the locker room. I knew I was starting the game, and I'm sitting down, and my heart rate was 120, and I was just sitting. So I sat there, and, and for- and
0: what's it normally?
1: A 70. Just sitting down, right? Shit. So, and I have we I still wear my whoop. I have a whoop that I yeah. wear. Um, we all had to have it so we could, you know, our team was a team on whoop, and we had we have all these devices. So I'm sitting there and I could tell my heart was just fluttering and I didn't know why. And so I've practiced a lot of meditation in the past, practiced a lot of breath work. So I sat there and I tried to slow my heart rate down. And I'm just sitting there, I'm kind of starting to shake. And Nothing. Just still 120. Right. We go down, I'm throwing. So now I'm adding activity on top of already erased heart rate. I'm in like the two hundreds. What? Oh yeah. And I'm like, um, sit like I'm at my max, my max.
0: Does your coach have like a reading, like a real time, anything like that? Not at that. No. Okay.
1: You can go back and check my profile. Yeah. I, so I'm sitting there as you can see my arms out. We're singing the national anthem and I'm like, something is wrong. And I'm saying this in my head, knowing I'm about to go run onto the field. Oh, God. And I'm like, something's wrong. And I'm tingly. So I get out on the field and I throw, um, and I, I actually throw three strikes. And I, the first girl strikes out. I don't know how. Like, I still am like, I don't, I just, I don't even know how. <laughs> Next girl steps up. And I was so tingly. And I see a sign from my catcher that fr- it froze me. Because I thought to myself, no, I don't. You know, I, I think she was standing close to the plate, and I think I saw a curve ball, Which I, I, I just, I don't know what happened. It was on me because when we talked about it after, she's like, "No, I didn't put that sign down." I, I saw what I saw, I, and all of a sudden, my whole body just went full on tingles, and like lightheaded. Thought like just didn't know what to do, and then I proceeded to just throw a ball up the backstop, up the backstop, up the backstop, up the backstop. For oh, come on, those that know any baseball, softball. I wasn't even in the, it wasn't like, ah, just a bit outside. I'm talking up the backstop and I walked, the bases loaded because I wasn't even close and then the next girl got up and I thought, well, like, I don't, so I kind of like let up a little bit to try and get a strike, grand slam. So then I was like, well, bases are empty. Just still my body, heart rate high and really high and walk, base hit. This is the first inning. Come on. Coach comes out. He's like, we're gonna get you out of here. I was like, yeah, I think that's good. I think it's a good idea. Um and I sat in the outfield and the ball in my eyes out. I, I don't know what to do. I just I'm so confused. I don't know. I've never had an anxiety attack on the field. That's where I'm normally happy and it's not a happy place for me. Um, and I just remember sitting out in the outfield and I just I, I was sitting there, I was like, I can't go. Like I, I can't, you can't take me. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know, I don't know how to fix it because I don't know where it's coming from. And I had moments leading up to that where I couldn't sleep. I was having, you know, kind of like an anxiety type. Like the nights, it would be two in the morning and my brain was just, I couldn't turn it off. And I, I just kept, yep.
0: Just Are you thinking it. softball at that point? Is yeah, it all? Yeah, it's yeah. all
1: just like, what's, what's wrong with me? It was What's wrong with me? Why can't I? And then I started getting real nervous about, my next outing because then I'm just like, okay. And then I started just going over all of you know, softball things, right? Like, how can I fix it? What can I do? And then I tried harder, and the harder I tried, the worse it got. So, um, I had to go through some of those moments, right? So it's funny because you see the Olympics, and yeah, I actually, you know, from watching, it's like, oh, I, I did all right, yeah. And um, it, all the moments until that moment at the Olympics was just really up and down. I'm talking really up and down. And and here's the part. And I've been open with this now, but at the time, you know, I talked to my mental performance coach and I go, something happened. And I I kind of knew I had an anxiety attack, but, um, that's a scary thing to say because I say that and I'm gone. Yeah. Right. Like, so I wanted to know if I could work through it And right, like, you're
0: really careful with your language. You know what
1: I mean? But I knew, and here's the thing. I knew if I could just be me, I would help. I knew that I I was, I was the right person for whatever job that, you know, my pitcher slot was going to take. And so it wasn't like I, you know, was trying to work my way into position. I didn't feel like I could do. I knew I'm like, I know I can do this and I know I can help the team. I know I can. I just wasn't able to put together. So, um, I had, I had a lot of those moments and, and at the end of the day, I remember calling my husband and I, um, I think I told you on our first podcast, you know, I've had trouble with anxiety and depression and I do take some medication for it. And I asked, I said, you know, is there any chance I'm burning through it? Because I'm I went from just a normal person, still training hard, but now I'm on a field for seven, eight hours a day. In a gym, on a field, plus in a gym, plus a lot of physical activity in the sun, and so that was something. So I just kind of up my dose, and to be honest, it really helps. Because my mental performance coach said to me, "He goes, you know what, Lauren? In this case, if your heart rate's that high, you can do two things. You can do something like go for a run, where you get your natural chemicals." He's like, "You're not breath working or meditating your way out of a physiological state in a short amount of time." Gotcha. Um, You know, if I had a long time, then I could maybe figure out how to do that. But he was like, if all of a sudden your heart rate's going, you know, to your max heart rate and you're not doing anything, then you can either do something like run, change your physiological state, or you can take some drugs. (laughs) Like essentially that's your, those are your choices. Um, So he chose the run. And then I also started thinking about that, started getting my wheels turning about like, huh, I wonder if you do get through Medication a little bit different if you're working harder in sun, doing all that. So,
0: how long was I, this when you were talking about that? I remember I believe it was Ricky and Keogh for the <clears throat> Cardinals, was it? Pitcher who just at, at at a certain moment just started throwing it to the backstop. Yep, and it was, oh my gosh, you can't fix it, and he ended up turning into an outfielder.
1: Yep, total. And it's the weirdest thing, right? Because it's something I've done f- so long, and the year and a half prior to coming to camp, I was. <laughs> I, like I said, I would call my dad. I'm like, this is the best I've ever thrown. Um, so I knew I could do it. It wasn't like I had a physical limitation. Yeah. Right. It was all in my head. Um, and it's, it's the most odd feeling when you're like, you know, it'd be like you walking and all of a sudden you can't walk straight and you're like, okay, hey, hold on a second. And then you go to walk again and you can't walk straight and you're just like, why can't I walk straight? That's pitching to me. Like I should be able to do it yeah. in my sleep and I have been able to do it in my sleep. Yet I go out there and it's a completely foreign movement. So I actually struggled, to be honest. I struggled um, all training camp. So I went to training camp in February, um, March, and it was May. I had my absolute meltdown in June and the Olympics were in July. Yeah. So May, June were really tough. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is I just kept telling, like I kept saying to my coach, And I, and here, you know, what's interesting about the stories you tell yourself.
0: Most of them aren't true.
1: (laughs) Most of them aren't true. And I do, but I do believe like in this particular case, I could have buried myself, but I kept saying, I said, you know what, coach, I'll be there when it matters. Like I I promise, I said, I have never not been there when it matters. And I, I rested on, I still have time. I rested on even the Olympics aren't here yet. And when they're here, I'll be fine. But I could have easily, yeah, told myself another story. But I was adamant, and I, I still look back at when I actually entered the Olympics and the innings that I did throw. Um, you know, I I was there for my team. I actually threw in the innings I threw. I I did what I needed to do. I gave my team the opportunity, um, kept the bases clear. Like I did what I needed to do, and I do look back and I credit a lot of that to the story I told myself came true. Yeah. And it was a positive story. Cause a lot of times we tell ourselves stories that are negative. And, and then it just, will,
0: those will also come true. Those yeah. will also
1: come true. Yeah. You know, like you, you kind of follow that path. So it was. It's, it's been an interesting journey to say the least.
0: Mm, when, was there a moment like where you, you felt as good as you could, like that you would be able to, I know you're telling yourself like, coach, I'm, I'm going to be good. But like deep inside you, we're like, okay, like that period is over. Like I'm good now.
1: So the moment we got to the Olympics, I don't know if it's because of the story I told myself. Um, but when we got to the Olympics and it was the night before the first game, I was like, oh, finally, I can let that go. Like, you know what I mean? I'm finally at the place where I I know I'll be fine. But I will be honest in telling you this. um, The first game I pitched in was against Team USA. And, oh boy, I was really nervous. Like, more nervous than I thought I would be. be And even though I felt like here I am, and I proceeded to literally just smoke the first person in the knee (laughs) to load the bases. (laughs) So I had that little bit of shaky and you know, what's funny, it entered my mind. I I, literally, I nailed her and I went, well, here we go. And I had had a a rocky start. So there was, you know, all eyes on me of, okay, well, is this going to be a meltdown, which my teammates had seen before, Mm. or was I going to pull it together? And I was able to pull it together. And so, um, when we hit the Olympics, I felt like I was okay. I got that, you know, first inning nervous jitter out. And then there's actually a photo of me um, in the last game against Italy. And, you know, I'd been searching for myself and I understand, you know, it's funny because imagine this, I'm almost 40. I haven't played for 12 years. I'm, you know, on this Olympic team and I'm having meltdowns. And there is one point where we had a team meeting and I was pretty much the subject of you need to stop trying to be who you were. We don't need you to be who you were from 2000. I, like it was just all like, bae, you can't, you can't do this. Like, and you, you have to let go of the past and you know, no one cares if you were good a long time ago. And I'm just sitting there for like an hour. And finally one of my teammates is like, hey guys, we gotta, we, yeah, need, to, we, yeah, we need to let her, <laughs> let her, let her be, breathe for a little bit. And it's funny because I see the outside perceptions of me were, were that, oh, yeah. but that wasn't, I wasn't trying to be the old me at all. I was literally trying to be, you know, like the, what do they say? The new version of the old me. I was trying to just be comfortable. That's essentially what it comes down to is I just wasn't comfortable. I wasn't trying to, you know, people would be like, you don't have to strike everyone out. And I'm like, I'm not trying to like trying to put it over the plate. Yeah, Like I'm not, I'm not trying to, but the outside perception was, was different than what I was truly trying to do. And I remember after that full meltdown, I'm balling in the outfield after my grand slam and couldn't even make it out of the first inning. And one of my teammates, Frankie came up to me and I was just bawling. And I just said, Frankie, I, I don't know what to do. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be someone I'm not, I'm not trying to come in here after 10 years and, you know, be anyone that I'm not, but myself, I, I, i just want to be me. And so just leading into the Olympics, all I tried and I had a lot of, and I had like a lot of battles with myself, right? Like that anxiety would come up. And I mean, I would try and work, use my tools, right? I'd gone to therapy for a long time. Yeah. um, done a lot of work on myself to get to the point where I could say yes to play on an Olympics I, at the Olympics. And I really tried to use for, months, the tools to just get myself back to neutral, not, not even the highest, just like just baseline. And, um, I ended up pitching in the game against Italy and it was the the first time where I ran onto a field and I had no, I I was, I was me. I just felt like me. Didn't feel like my old, I didn't feel like Lauren from 2004. (laughs) That wasn't who I was going for. I was just going to be comfortable, Lauren, happy, confident, Lauren. And so there's a photo of me that someone snapped after the game because we won and I'm just blubbering and I couldn't articulate why. And, you know, same girl, Frankie comes up to me. She's like, babe, why are you crying? We won. That's great. You know? And it, I think all of the emotions and the ride of trying to hold everything together and, and put myself where I needed to be, Finally came at that moment. I didn't know if I would ever step on a field and feel comfortable feel and feel comfortable again. I didn't know if that was even a possibility. All that was all I wanted was to feel comfortable because I knew if I felt comfortable, I would do what I needed to do. right? Like if I was comfortable, the, I wasn't worried about the outcome. And so there's this picture, and I'm just I'm talking, can't even keep it together. And yeah. <laughs> there's another photo. All of, my, all of my teammates just came in, and we all had this huge group hug. And it was, I wasn't consciously thinking, oh, it just, I think the flood of emotions of like, wow, after, and I forget, I, I posted it somewhere, but it was 4,000 some, some odd days. I finally stepped on a field and felt like myself. And it was, it was just because there were so many battles that went into, you know, getting there. So it was, it was an interesting ride for sure. Uh,
0: thanks for sharing that. Yeah, that's. Oof
1: but i think it's a good reminder this is this is the thing i look at the journey and and i had to ask myself plenty of times what am i doing here why, why am i here why how did this opportunity come up and I, i'm beating myself up because i'm not performing like i should you know i'm not trying to take anybody's spot on the team that i don't deserve to be there in front of right and so i'm i'm, I'm sitting there and and this is the true story. We were in Marion, Illinois, and I'm laying in bed. And one of the nights I couldn't sleep and I'm just trying to figure out, okay, this has to be happening for me. Like it's not happening to me. And I was having those couple of those moments of like, why is this happening to me? Um, and I, I I had that exact perspective switch in terms of, okay, what 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 am I learning from this? Like this can't be waste. This is not a waste. This is part of my journey what am I learning from this? And, and to be honest, like I had a lot of things pop up into my brain that I wasn't expecting. And one of them was, I'm going to be a lot more understanding um, when it comes to my kids, because I, you know, I've never really had those massive struggles, right? Like a teammate came up to me after my really bad game and she's like, oh, you know, way to come back. Those are tough games to come back from. And in my brain, I'm like, I've never had to, never had to come back from that game. Right. Wow. Like, um, so I, I don't even know. Thanks. But I, I sat there and I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be much more empathetic when, a, you know, one of my children are trying to do something and they just can't do it, right? Because it's easy to be like, well, just do it. And especially from someone who's been able to just do the thing that I'm good at. Um, so I, I sat there and I thought of what are all of the things that I'm gaining from this? And what are all the positives? The other thing, I learned to be a better teammate than I thought I could be. I wasn't the person, right? The other Olympics, I was the person when there was a game to be right like i was on the lineup card it was base throwing yeah and so it was a great opportunity for me to really understand the importance of team and the underst- and, and how can i hold up my team because i used to hold it i i used to have my contribution or feel my contribution was like i'm going to keep us in ball games that wasn't my spot anymore and so it was a really good place for me to understand team and understand what can i do from the sidelines and to understand what it feels like, you know, uh, to not be the person, right? And so mm. I'm like looking at all of these opportunities, and at the end of the day, it comes down to that. I was looking at all these opportunities, and I thought, wow, I'm I'm really glad this happened to me, and that was one of the moments where, you know, I stepped back on a field, and I was like, back to not myself, but I brought it back to at least somewhere around the zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in the area exactly, it the area. but it was, and and I, I know people talk about this and. I'm big into my, I do my five minute journal and I'm big into being grateful, but it really wasn't until I was truly grateful that this was happening as opposed to resisting. I was pretty resistant as like, why the heck is this happening to me? This this isn't, this isn't me, you know? And at the end of the day, it is, it was, and that is my journey. So I may as well appreciate the moments that were coming up regardless of how difficult they were.
0: Mm. Well, this dovetails perfectly into the work you're doing now with strong mom, strong fam, and you know these experiences, you're speaking from something that you've gone through. And so these, these women, these mothers who have their, their own challenges, you've had a lot of them in different ways. And you're not just someone who's done a few courses and you've read some books that talks about the struggles that moms in particular have. And so you get to share that in this program. So I'd love to know more about what inspired the program. Um, and then, we, yeah, we'll start there. And then there's a, f- a few other things I'm really curious about, but.
1: Yeah. Well, we, we're all going to have our own storms, right? Like life is going to be full of storms. And <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is I prefer to go through it in a battleship than a dinghy. So, <laughs> yes. um, but you got to build your battleship, right? So, what happened was after i had had my kids and i i sunk into this depression and i was yo-yoing in and out of depression um once i you know kind of came out the other side did the work at the end of the day you know you can't wish your way into anything the the difference is in the doing right so i did the work when when i went to therapy and she said hey i want you to buy this book and i want you to do this chapter and i want you to answer these questions like i did this, the stuff that she asked me to do um i got into listening i got into podcasts into reading tons of books and i got into meditating and i I really just, it's, it's like um, Boyd Vardy says, right? I tried everything, knowing not everything was going to stick, but when you find something that's not part of your path, it's still part of your path. And I really took that approach. Things that I, you know, meditation would have been something I would have said, nah, to a long time ago. And I was like, well, why wouldn't I try it? I'm poking holes in solution bubbles without trying them. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I try them? And so I really got to doing And When I got out the other side and I had this opportunity to say yes, to, I'm going to train for, you know, to make another Olympic team, which would have never been an option. Had I been in the state I was, if he would have asked me six months, a year earlier, I wouldn't have been able to say yes. So I started thinking about the amount of opportunities that moms do not allow themselves to go after because they don't have the confidence, which was me. Because they don't feel good enough, which was me, because their body isn't working like they want it to, right? That I, that was never a huge issue with me. I can't say that I, you know, you know, got into a such a bad physical place, but I could tell you I got into a, a very low energy place where I just didn't even want to get out of bed, never mind go for a run. Um, and I understood how precious time was because of the time where I will look back at photos and I will see me smiling and it's a hollow smile. And I was there, but I wasn't there. Right. And I understand because I lived it and, and I do believe, you know, time and attention are very valuable. Um, obviously the most valuable resources. And I never wanted another mom to lose time or miss out on opportunities to say yes to whatever that may be. And that may be just jumping on a trampoline with one of your kids that may be going to a, a beach and being excited to be there because you're not so concerned about what other what other people are thinking. Like everyone, and, and, you know, Dave and I were talking about this. Everyone has their own Olympics. What mm-hmm. everyone has something, yeah, everyone has something they want to do or accomplish. And it, because it's not called the Olympics doesn't make it any less important. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to allow, you know, basically the way I was able to go from bottom of the barrel back up to this amazing spot. I thought, you know, so many more moms could benefit from this and understand that you know, I wasn't looking at it from a self. I wasn't looking at me training for an Olympics as a selfish thing. Like I said, you know, this was a family decision. And if I could model that we can still be us and choose our passion and not instead of but and um be a mom, mm. then let's do that. Then why wouldn't we do that? And so I think a lot of times we as moms hang our hats on all the things we do, you know, well, I do this for that person and this and and it's like, well, what have you done for yourself lately? Well, I did this for you. And I, then I got the lunches ready and it's like, you know, but what did you do for yourself? And a lot of times people don't have those answers. So, um, I essentially just took all of the work I did and I, I packaged it into a program. So it's, you know, it's got the mental part because at the end of the day that controls everything, but it also has a physical part because we need to be able to say yes, have, you know, have the energy and the strength to yeah let's go for that hike that you know your kids want to go on or your kids want to run a 5k and you can say yeah sure instead of you know no but i'll meet you at the finish line like i want i want moms to to be in the race not waiting at the end of the finish line
0: Mm, wow and so right now it's blowing up
1: yeah it's been incredible we've been we've i i will say this um the moms that we're bringing in, the moms that choose to come work with us as Strong Mom are, I believe people find each other for a reason. And I believe that they found Strong Mom and Fr- Strong Mom found them to help them in certain ways. And just seeing the the confidence and um, the energy and the difference in ways that our moms are tackling life. Like I can't get enough of their updates. And it's, it's been absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah. Give, give, give me an example of like a mom, obviously, you know, you're not going to say the name, but like she started out here. This is what the the clarity call was like, and this is where she is today. Like what are some of the things that she was able to shift with the assistance of you in the program?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm trying to think yeah, of which one. You no. Can
0: pick whoever you want.
1: Yeah. So we have a mom. Well, I would say the majority of moms come in and they're, they end up crying because they're so, you know, I, they're not whole. I'll say it that way. Um, I won't say they're empty because they're, they're obviously so happy to be a mom, but there's something missing. That's probably the best way. They have all these amazing things. They have their family, um, but there's something that's missing. And so, you know, we have moms coming in saying, I-, I just, I'm just not happy. Like when you look at it from that, I'm not fulfilled. There's something missing. I don't have the energy that I want. I want to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I do the things I know I'm supposed to do. So that's a, that's a lot of our moms that come in. And it's funny because almost every mom's like, oh, I'm so sorry for crying. And we're like, okay, literally every single mom that jumps on <laughs> a f- initial call cries um, because they're jumping on for a reason, right? If they weren't upset about something, then they wouldn't be seeking out, you know, kind of what we're doing. And so, We have a mom and I'll say today, I actually looked, we have a private Facebook group and, um, you know, she, people will say like before SM, (laughs) like before strong mom. And then after SM, just the the way, you know, she went on this family vacation and feels great in her body, comfortable in a bathing suit and did something went out into the water Which would be, you know, mom sitting on the sidelines, sitting in the boat, saying, like, you go do your thing and I'll be here with the towels and the snacks and the waters. Mm. And she said she was, you know, scared, scared to death from this experience. And she said, you know what? I expressed to my kids, this makes me very nervous, but I want to do it. And she went ahead and had this experience. And I mean, the thing was a novel, but the whole purpose is she had this experience that she otherwise would have never had. She would have never shared it with her children her, it's funny. Cause a lot of times will moms will say to us, oh, like, I'm like a fun mom now, right? Like I'm like, not just the, the mom that sits on the sidelines, but my kids actually ask me to do things. And I say, yes. And that to me is that's an experience that's life. Right. Then we have other moms who will tell us, you know, before strong mom, it's like one of my favorite metaphors is just because one tires, you know, um, Blown doesn't mean you have to go stab the other three, right? Self-sabotage is huge for Uh, so many people. Like you can't work out because something, you know, say something's bothering you. So you can't work out. So you just may as well eat like shit. And then you may as well just lounge all day and and do nothing and make yourself worse. So Mm. we always tell moms, like, just because you have one flat tire doesn't mean you go stab all the other three. (laughs) So that's another thing we hear from our moms a lot is, you know, before just changing the way I see things, as in this is bad, instead of if you have a bad, you know, if you wake up with a tweak in your back or something you can still grow. You can still read something. You can still organize. You can still you know, schedule, have you know things that are making your life better. And so we get those messages a lot of just, wow, I can't believe that you know, something in my life is throwing me a massive curveball, yet I'm okay. And at the end of the day, life's going to throw us curveballs.
0: And now they're able to see the curveball and be conscious of it. And then make a choice and
1: decide. Yes. It's all a decision. Right. And I think that's what we, we try and teach our moms is we're going to have bad days and we're going to go indulge. And one of the things we tell our moms is, you know, we, we help you lose weight, but you don't focus on weight loss. Like, could you imagine, I can't. So if anyone's listening, could you imagine waking up every day? And if you're trying to lose weight, if that's what you're constantly like, constantly thinking about one, you have no brain space for the things that actually matter. Right, your family, your kids, your passions, the things you want to do. You're you're worried about, you know, losing weight. Number one and number two, you're focusing constantly on something you don't like about yourself. Mm. That's that's just not a great lens to go through life in, in in my opinion. Right, like I would rather run towards what I want as opposed to constantly be trying to run away from what I don't want. And so that's one thing we explain to them is we can we can help you feel more comfortable in your own skin in terms of your body and you don't have to sit there and just worry about all the things you don't like about yourself like we will get you to focus on the things you do like and then at the end of the day it comes down to making better decisions and if you make better decisions you get better results and so that's something that moms have been like holy crap i woke up this morning i've not been this weight and i don't really know like i know how i got there cuz we do help and we do give tips and people say hey i'm going out to dinner and we'll help them you know kind of manage their day and we absolutely help with that, but that's not the focus of what we do. Mm. So I think it's pretty cool because we have, we have something called experiences and it's, um you know, a shirt experiences when you put a shirt on that didn't fit before and now it does. So we have all these hashtags mm. and it's like shirt experience. We've had shirt experiences, pants experiences, snow pants, experiences, ring experiences, bra experiences. We've had all of these different things where moms just go, oh, I put on a pair of pants and they're like, it's not what they're focusing on. So it's, it, that, that part's pretty cool too. Because at the end of the day, regardless, you know, in my, in my, I won't say regardless of whatever it says, but in my opinion, I mean, our body is a filter, you know, you wake up, you got pain, you, it's, it's going to be, you're going to have to manage pain all day. So of course we want it to feel good. Or if you wake up and you're not super stoked, you know, when you're getting changed, if your pants are a little bit too tight, it, it does, it does, it affects your brain. Yeah. So we just try and help moms work on the mental and the physical. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Mm. And there's a, there's a nutritional component to it. And so like what, maybe take us through, sign up for the clarity call, boom, you get on there. And then when you say yes, what does it look like after that?
1: Yeah. So you sign up and then we have, it's, we have basically a broken into, we have a four month program and a year long program. But if you do the four month, um, it's broken into four different modules it's every four weeks because we try and give small pieces of information so you can actually implement it right the last thing we want to do is over like moms are already busy enough and stressed enough right our goal is to calm the chaos not add to it and so you sign up and then you get a personal coach which is incredible um and our coaches are you know at the end of the day dave and i created the nutrition the the workouts so workouts come with it you get workouts podcast recommendations um all of all of you know the physical part plus help with nutrition but then your coach is there helping you through um kind of the why because it's not about the cake it's about why we're eating the cake mm-hmm. you know so we have our coaches you know working through that so there's a clarity module which is 4 weeks there's like a little workbook um that just has you answer questions cuz you know most people don't Sit back and take the time to reflect. They don't take the time to ask themselves um, any questions, really. A lot of people just go through life and they wake up one day and they're 50 and they're like, oh, how'd I get here? And so we have these modules that are broken up. It's clarity, create, evolve, and rise, right? So clarity is kind of, you know, where, where are you really? Not where do you want people to perceive that you are? Because mm. we all show that, right? We want to show the highlight reel. Yeah. So it's really just asking yourself, where am I truly? And where do I want to get better? And um, what stories, you know, it talks about your stories because most people tell themselves stories and they don't even know it. Most people don't even have the, um, ability to sit back and go, okay, really, where is this coming from? Where am I, where am I, you know, coming up with the story from? And then create is now like, let's just, we want to look through our front, you know, front windshield, not the rear view mirror, because mm. one of the things we tell moms is we want to live a life of of possibility, not probability. And a lot of times mom will go, moms will say, well, I'm not able to do that because, and then they'll reference something in the past.
0: Uh And it's like,
1: well, that doesn't make any sense just because you did it before the past. Isn't the predictive of the future, but a lot of times people think it is. Yeah. That's
0: beautiful. Yeah.
1: So I think we just allow moms to create, what do you want? Not what do you think is going to happen? So therefore you just won't try. So we, help moms work through that process. And every mom has a different goal. So we work through the modules. Um, and the goal is, you know, we sit down and we'll have a weight loss goal if that's what they want. Um, some people come in and don't want it. They want, you know, strictly just to to feel better and more confident. Um, and yeah, the transformations through those four modules and, and beyond a lot of people stay on with us for, for the full year. Is, it's pretty incredible.
0: Oh, it's, I mean, it sounds like I mean, it's such a, a major component to this is the mindset. And, and I know you and Dave have done so much work on yourselves to create that mindset. You've shared so much of it today. And just giving people the tools, it's, it's not as simple as saying, you just got to think about things differently. You're actually giving them the tools so that they can implement them get the reps in and say, Oh
1: wow,
0: look what happens when I actually believe this story versus this old one possibility versus probability.
1: Yep. And it's, it's, it blows people's mind because we're so conditioned to just look at the past to see what we think Mm. is going to happen. So if, if we're constantly in that mindset, how do we create like we, we it's, it's really hard. Our hands are tied and Getting moms to really look forward and say, "Okay, what do you want? Okay, let's let's make a plan to get there." And we don't have to worry about that, right? Because that's already done and gone. We can't do anything about it except learn. And that's another thing is a lot of times people carry around, and this is what we found: people carry around resentment. um, They carry around negative emotions. And at the end of the day, you know, one thing we teach our moms is if you, if you learned something from that experience, um, lessons learned, never repeat themselves. So if you learned, then you understand why that experience was there for you. Mm. So you can let go of the negative emotions and then actually go, Oh, you know what? I'm actually in a better spot now. But if you haven't, and and some people will say, well, I still mad about this one thing. and, And then I'll say, then there's a lesson in there a deeper lesson. You might think the lesson was something but clearly there's a deeper lesson because the past it, it can serve us if we let it. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people we actually let it, you know, hinder us because we don't learn those lessons and we don't look at life through the front windshield.
0: Yeah, in, in this the, again that that juxtaposition of this is happening to me versus this is happening for me, I think is critical in in having that real, that learning experience. And I, I, it, it brings to mind for me, Byron Katie's work and her four questions and- Is it I, true? Yeah, right? Totally. And, and that's when you really drill down, we create a narrative around certain things that it, it limits us from the ability to learn from it.
1: Well, and the one thing that really got my brain, there's, there's a picture of two people. Um, it's like a cartoon standing- in front of you know a, a six and then like a nine right um, or no sorry it's just a six or a nine depending on where you were looking at it mm-hmm. the guy standing there going that's a nine and the guy on the other side is standing there going it's a six and the that it, I saw that it was kind of it was a cartoon I saw it a long time ago and I was like okay that is a perfect illustration there is no way that something happened it was just the way you perceive it and the way I perceive it it doesn't mean that. No one knows what, what it really is. And I think that's what we try and teach moms with their beliefs is, you know, one of my favorite quotes is like, it doesn't matter if you're right. The job is to get it right. And if that means that we look at it, you know, a situation differently, then let's go ahead and do that. Cause if it's gonna make your life better, let's go ahead and do that. Because what you think that situ- how, how that situation presented itself, that's not a fact. Mm. But a lot of times we're, we think, and, and I'm still working on it myself, Same. but, um, you Know, I think the way oh, this is this is what happened. I saw it with my own two eyes. Well, the guy staring at the six is saying it's a six, and the guy staring at a nine is like, yeah, I see it completely different. Yeah. So I think it's just those type of conversations that we have where if we have situations come up and, and they're difficult to work through, like how creative can we get in in looking at it where we can actually see where there is good, even in tough situations, right? Where is there good? There has to be something good, otherwise. It's going to haunt you for a really long time. So you may as well find the lesson.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if people aren't watching, I'm sure you can pick up the tone. Like as you've, as we've been speaking about the program, you're absolutely lit up and I love it. But I also know that where you are today, which is totally just in your wheelhouse and it's so fun for you this process hasn't always been like that. And you've had a lot of challenges with it. And I'm sure a lot of questions about why I'm supposed to do this, like uh, seem like a great idea, but there's a lot of great ideas that just, we don't execute and the timing's not right. So what's that journey been like?
1: Okay. So true story. Um, Speaking of that, uh, just building a business is, has Definitely turned out to be a lot more challenging <laughs> than I thought. Sure. Um, I remember saying, because we opened our own in person facility in 2015, and the amount of times I was like, if I would have known this is what it would be, I would not have said, <laughs> yes, let's do it. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, and we poured everything back into our business, and that's how you grow. But it's also difficult to watch that happen. And it's difficult to say, I don't see an end out here. Okay, now we're four, four years in and we still have put everything back into the business. And how are we gonna, you know, Dave and I got into an argument because I didn't think we had enough money to buy Will a $150 bike. Like that's that's it was one of those situations where in order to grow, we needed to continue to invest and, and try different avenues. Sometimes we would try an avenue of, you know, um, business growth and it didn't work. And I was like, well, we just lit all that on fire. And, you know, that what? could have been Will's bike.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and for context for so people, you know, Dave's been on the podcast a couple times, but Dave and I traded together in Chicago. So again, a different lifestyle. And um, you're not worrying about a $150 bike at all. So just-
1: A hundred percent. So there, I had a lot of times, Cal, where I was like, this is not what I signed up for. I did not like I could not. The amount of stress just of building a business was it was a lot. And we got into a lot of arguments. And remember, I was also wasn't in a very good headspace. So I had that on top of it. And we had a lot of tough conversations. And I just remember saying if I would have known I, either I would have said no. no. But we were already in and starting our own business. So long story short, then the pandemic comes, we're starting our own business, and um, we shut our doors and we don't know what we're gonna do. And I'm like, so that's just gone now. Like, wh- where do we go from here? And we had dabbled in doing different kinds of you know, business opportunities online. And we've done, and again, it's it's the classic: um, we will try something until we find something that works, and then we'll continue to evolve it. Now, I I even tell the moms in our program, I actually just told them the other day. Um, listen, I'm changing how I'm doing the whole back end. I'm not afraid to say, Hey, I found a way to do it better. Right. Where I, before I used to be afraid that I was doing something wrong, but I will constantly seek out. And this is new. This is new for me. I would think I was a failure in the past. Um, Mm. And so long story short, I'll just give you a little story. I went to in 2020, before the pandemic hit, I was going to Halifax to train. And I remember standing every time I would go get groceries and I did not know if my credit card was going to go through. So I'm like, because it, we were maxed everywhere, just trying to build and make things work and, and, you know, paying payroll out of pocket and just trying to like keep everything afloat. And I remember standing there numerous times. It was at a Sobe's because it was in Canada. And I would like walk up to the um, checkout. And I would just look at (laughs) the few credit cards I had in my, I like business ones. And I'm like, Hey, this is what I'm going to start with. (laughs) I would take it and I'd put it in and I would just stare and go, please go through, please go through, please go through. Um, That was kind of the position where we were in and I'm trying to train and I'm trying to buy groceries and and I'm talking, it's like a hundred dollars that, you know, that I was hoping was going through. It wasn't like I was putting a, you know, 5k charge on our card. and we we're essentially just continuously trying to figure out ways to build. Um,
0: I remember in, in, you know, uh, Tertz and I came up for Dave's birthday. It was two days before the kind of, I guess everything started to get locked down, right? the, The night we were there, the NBA got shut down, but I remember having, you know, we all had conversations about the challenges of, of the business at that point before, you know, the, the impact of, of the pandemic. But it was like, fuck man, like, you know, we're just trying to ideate on like, okay, what, what, like, what can you do differently? And, um, and I didn't realize it was to that point where you're hoping your credit card goes through.
1: But I bad. knew it was
0: dire, but was holy bad. shit.
1: Yeah, it was that those were kind of the, the things I'm going back to camp, right? I'm trying to go be comfortable on a field, but I'm also legitimately, you know, worried that I can't buy groceries. And I'm like, I don't think any card's going to go through. I had all my I'm like, had them in order. I was like, I'm gonna do this one first. And if that doesn't <sighs> go through, then I'll try this one. And then I, I do remember I called Dave. I was like, I think track bought me some groceries on this particular day. Like I, it, it was that at that point. Um, where we had those conversations? Do we just go get another job? That, that I mean, that's just the the truth of it. As much as I would love to be like, yeah, everything's been great, that just hasn't been been the case. And um, again, in a negative headspace, all all my doubt, all all that, it only got me to a place of me wasting time to actually find a solution because we had one and we knew we could do it. Yeah, and. Yet I just sat, I just sat there, you know, I think at one point I was yelling at Dave how this is never going to work, right? Like this is never going to work. And how, what a waste of, what a waste of words and time and his energy. I'm bringing his energy down. He's the one that's making it, you know, doing everything he can to make it work. Yeah. And what, you know, I look back at it now. I'm like, well, that wasn't, you know, my best, my best move, but I learned.
0: Yes. It's an important that you went through that because now you do have that understanding you know, you don't know unless you, you do the thing and it's, yeah, we're not maybe our best selves, but we're doing the best we can in those moments. And, you know, so from there though, you you stayed the course. And then when did it kind of turn for you? And it's like, oh, this is okay. We're onto something here.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny you say stay the course. I think in both of our guts, we knew like Dave left trading because he's like, we really want to make an impact on people's lives. Right. So it's like, we knew that was center of what we wanted to do. And so we tried the gym and we still have the gym and it's great and we love it. Um, but we knew we needed something else, especially with the pandemic and that's changed a lot. So that's, that's just, it's it's one of those things where we were standing on the edge of a cliff knowing we needed to jump and the pandemic came and just like <laughs> double feet like straight <laughs> up just kicked us right off. Um so we knew we wanted to stay and I look back just like everything. It's the classic it, Have you ever heard the Chinese farmer um kind of the story?
0: Yeah, but you can share it. It's it's great.
1: It's just so true, right? So there's a Chinese farmer has a horse um And my gosh, I'm losing my train of thought. And so
0: it's the idea, right? And I don't know the story like in detail, but yeah,
1: the horse leaves. The horse leaves and the neighbors come over. Thank you. The neighbors comes over and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. Your horse left. And the Chinese farmer just goes, maybe. And then the horse comes back with another horse. So now they have two horses and the neighbors come back and are like, oh, this is so amazing. You know, came back. You have two horses now. And he just says, maybe. And then they. There, his son tries and goes, breaks in one of the wild horses and falls off and breaks a leg. And neighbors come over and is like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, this is terrible. And the Chinese farmer classically just says, maybe. And then, you know, there's the army comes and tries to enlist uh, his son, but can't because, you know, he's injured. And so if they're rejoicing, it's like, this is great. He doesn't have to leave. And the whole point is, um, <sighs> it, it is what you make of it. It, it really is. Things are going to come into your life. And for us, we just knew we wanted to help people. And we knew that we had an opportunity, especially through my journey. But you know what's funny, Cal? I finally got to a comfortable, confident place where I truly felt like I could share. And all Peyton would say, like, I could share my gifts. I never felt confident enough to do that to a point where I felt like I could build a business out of it. I almost felt like ashamed or embarrassed to to share, even though I understand out from the outside that I I have you know some life experience that can help. It really took me to a place where I had to be confident within myself, where I could say, "Hey, I really know we can help you." And hey, yeah, like it has you know it has an investment associated. Hey, but like I feel good about that. And they talk about energy return. And I think I was blocking mine big time for just a, from a business standpoint. Um, I was really nervous to have any type of anything. And so I think when I had that confidence within myself, um, I was all in. And I'll tell you this, if you're not all in, if, if you're not in, you're in the way. And I was in the way.
0: Mm, well, it's interesting. A couple of things. First of all, I love that you brought up the the, the Chinese farmer. The The idea of maybe has been, when i can tune into that it just allows me to be more curious about actually what's happening you know the kid did this because of this well maybe
1: we don't know we don't know exactly
0: and there's a lot of things we just don't know
1: yes can i add one thing because yeah. the reason why i was telling that story they yeah. <laughs> never actually said yeah it's oftentimes the things that we think are the worst that end up being the best yeah and that's what i consider my journey through all of, you know, starting our own business and, and where strong mom is today. You know, a lot of times we have these situations that come up and we immediately are like, this is the worst thing. And how many times have people said, you know, at the time it was the worst thing, but it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Yes. And that's where the maybe comes in. If you don't live in that worst, you know, mindset, then you can actually get out and and find those lessons find the good and build something amazing and i look back at this whole journey and where we are and the amount of moms that we're helping now and, and which trickles down into families right it like
0: really does it does
1: like with the mom who's going in you know in the deep sea with her kids that's an experience that her kids have and now that's what they see you do as a mom you get in the water yeah. And so that will also trickle down when they're a mom. They'll be yeah. like, you know, I look at myself, I, I coach my kids sports. Well, of course I do. My dad coached to me. That's what kid, that's what, yeah. that's what you do. And so I look at it spreading so far and wide. And I remember when I read that Chinese story, I thought that is that is it. Like I would think everything that happened, I was riding the highs and the lows, thinking this is the best thing. And then this is the worst thing. And really, at the end of the day, the things that were, you know, what I thought were lows were the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Yeah. And, and our, our journey together. So,
0: well, and, and I remember having a conversation with you. I believe you had, uh, you were at camp. I remember just um, as I'm picturing it, I was in the backyard walking, talking to you. And I just remember thinking, yeah, she's not quite ready to do this because you were still in it. You are still. Holding the medicine that you were to share with everyone, but you hadn't gotten through that point where you are you're certainly there now, but where you could integrate it and really show up authentically like I've been there I've fucking been there. I've had some experiences prior to that, but now I've been through something that is you know is really again I just, the only word that comes to me is medicine for for everyone and It's just, it's a great reminder. And I think Dispenza, and I'm sure a ton of other people say it, but, you know, you have to give up the how and the when and just trust. And, you know, it would have been great to launch, you know, full-blown two years ago. Well, maybe. Maybe. You know, we were talking about last night that you've had podcast equipment for over a year. And the podcast that you were going to do a year ago, it, it just, it didn't feel right. And you couldn't put your finger on it maybe at the time, but there was resistance for you doing it. Now it seems like you guys are really close to doing something and it's going to be so fun. Yeah. And where you're at with strong mom, strong fam is really fun. It doesn't mean you don't work hard. It's really fun. And just allowing things to unfold and following the things that are working, going through your own journey, working with that. So many things open up to you. And that's what I think this is a beautiful example of you following that intuition and not knowing why, you know, maybe you didn't have some time to, but it wasn't a focus because there was something that was missing.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny because, I look back and you, you're like, you know, you could have launched two years ago and things been great. It's just like when I look, think of my time with depression, I'm not, I'm not resentful or regretful of any of that time. I think if I were, I can speak about it now because I have that, you know, space and detachment, and I understand that it, it was there for a reason. For a long time, I was ashamed, I was embarrassed, I didn't want, I didn't want anyone to know, and you know, I'd look back and I I would think regret is a, is a tough word. And I am glad that we've had this detoured bumps and there was a lot of unknowns. And there was also things that made Dave and I a lot closer because if everything were just rainbows and sprinkles and butterflies, we wouldn't have had tough conversations that we needed to have. And so I'm, I, again, it's just a lot of the work that I've done. Um, I'm so thankful and it, for me to say that, just like through depression, for me to say I'm thankful I went through that for the amount of time that I did. It took me a long time to get there, um, but I I really am. And the journey that we've had, and I'll tell you, there's, I mean, there's a lot more stories where we're just, there There are, there are times where we're like, oh, this is going to work. Um, but I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I do have a different appreciation and I have a different lens. And it's also another great reminder, like Dave tells me all the time, he goes, Lauren, you didn't just... Come out of the womb throwing freaking 70. Think about how much time it took you to get to master your craft, right? Why would we, why would I, because he, he had a little bit different of a lens than I did, slash, big difference of a lens, but why do you think this should work the first version that you put out? And I had to really understand that, oh, yeah, I worked hard at softball. I wasn't just good at it, right? Like, I'm, and you can probably relate through trading when you're really good at something. It's hard to go back and be a beginner.
0: Very hard.
1: Yes. A lot,
0: a lot of traders struggle with like, what do I do next? Because this is like the only thing I'm really good at this. This is the only thing I know how to do.
1: Yeah, it is really hard to think. Wow. You know, I remember my brain. I'm like, wait, does that mean the, the thing I'm going to be best at? I'm already, I'm, I'm done. Like, is everything downhill from here? And then every speed bump and roadblock that came up, I, it was a reason for me to go, yep, shouldn't, shouldn't be doing it. Because I yes. didn't have that mastery level that I had previously. And so it was just a really interesting journey. And again, I'm glad I went through it because I now it's just reinforcement. I understand. That's right. If I want to get good at something, it's reps. It no matter it's what reps. it is, it's that's reps. What I was just thinking, yes.
0: <laughs> yep. And you get to share that with the moms too in the building of the actual program that they're in. And that's it's so I love just the I don't know if synchronicity is the right word, but just how this all ties in together. I mean, it's it's a true authentic expression of, you know, it's not always going to be easy and you're going to have those low moments, but it's again, back to what's your perspective on that? And you're, you have a choice on how to look at these obstacles um, and are they getting you are they giving you more clarity that this is the path of not here and then getting you on the path of here?
1: Yeah. That's like that book, Lion Tracker's Guide to Life. Uh, I'm telling you and, and we recommend it. That's one of the books we oh, recommend. Great. Yep. Um, but it literally, that, that thought process changed my life because then I wasn't afraid to try something. Because most people have a fear. They don't want to try something because it's like, well, what if it doesn't work? well, that's the best thing you could do. Like you're either going to waste your time wondering if it's going to work or not, or you can spend that same amount of time trying it and then already being on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's just one of the things we help our moms understand is great. It didn't work. You know, some of our moms will be like, well, this didn't work. And we're like, great. And that's the way we look at it. Now you don't have to spend your brain space there. You can now, let, let's focus on this. Let's try this because what works for you isn't going to, you know, we're all going to have different things that work. And the toolbox that we present, we're very forthcoming and say, not every single toolbox here is going to be for you, fit your hand perfectly and your life perfectly. Mm. But you need to try all the tools so you know which ones do. And then there might be this tool that you might not use very often, but you could pull it out here and there. But if we get rid of that fear of trying, and, and it's it's exactly that concept, right? The the when it, when it, you veer off the path, that's still part of your path. Mm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that book is so good. So, so good.
0: And we'll, we'll link to that in the show notes as we often do in this podcast. Uh, okay. Before we wrap, I would love to just drop in a little bit about parenting. Um, because as I said, like, I, I just love, like, first of all, it's been a while since I've seen your kids. So it's amazing to have them here in Austin and they're, they're (laughs) I look forward to getting to know them better over the weekend, but they are just so damn sweet and so respectful in a way that's not forced and is kind of an authentic expression. But I know that shit just doesn't happen. Um, What would you say to people? like, Like, one of the biggest things that we'll just keep it on brand here that you've unlearned about a way that you were, you were showing up for the kids or not showing up and then, you you let go of this, this, this old idea. We um, were talking about last night, Peyton was giving me a little grief because uh, our son Bowen, a while back, wanted to sleep over his friend's house on a school night. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like, that's a bullshit rule. Like, he's either going to dick around here by himself or he's going to dick around over there with his buddy. Like, he claims they're going to be doing work together, I'm not going to check his work. I'm certainly not going to check it if it's here. So like, why don't we just let up on all these bullshit rules? I understand there's a reason, but I don't subscribe to it. So anyway, so <laughs> Rhett, so his buddy <laughs> slept over last night on a school night. which was perfect.
1: I know. I, I was like, hey, this is school Because that's, and my kids are also younger. So I haven't hit that way independent age. Yeah. Um, but it was just a first for me. And then I thought about it and I was like, oh yeah. You know, I, I, there's so many different factors and Dave and I actually talked about it and we were like, you know, it's funny. There is no one right answer. There's probably plenty of kids that you might say, yeah, no. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. or yeah, go for it. Right. Just the same thing with us is, you know, do you feel comfortable with it? And if you do, then cool. Are there kids that you maybe have never met? That you might be like, don't know where this person is coming from. Sure. Like there's, it's like, yeah, certain situations. Back to maybe. Exactly. Certain situations call from certain different answers and there isn't that box. And, you know, one of the things someone had said to us, which I thought was genius, was we're all going to fuck up our kids in some way or another unintentionally. And Dave and I look at each other and we took that in a way where we said, listen, we know we're going to make mistakes. Because I think a lot of times as parents, it's easy to say my way is right and I know what I'm doing. So we actually were like, okay, when someone said this to us, what they, what they, were, what they meant by it was, you're going to say something that you know as a 40-year-old means this. But in a nine-year-old's brain, they don't have the context that you have. So you could say everything that you are considering you know, perfect by parenting books. doesn't mean it's going to be received perfectly. So the, his whole per- point was, you're going to say something that is so benign that doesn't have any meaning attached to it that your kids could take and and really make their own manifestation of manifestation of what that means in a nine-year-old brain because they don't understand the world the same way you do. And Dave and I really have talked a lot about, we know we're going to screw them up, so let's try and do it as least amount as we can Yeah, and be aware enough as possible to step back and say, I don't know everything and I'm okay going up to my daughter's room and being, and saying, Hey, Grace, I'm really sorry. You know what? I, I totally should not have, um, said this that way, or I'm sorry that your expectation was X and I did something totally different. That just happened. We were supposed to have a birthday party for, um, Savannah who has been with our family. She's She's, amazing. Um,
0: Hey, Savannah, I'm sure you're going to listen to this one.
1: <laughs> but my daughter had this plan in her brain that, and I told her, not, it was not, I said, we are going to celebrate Savannah's birthday tomorrow. So she got, she's 12 guys. She got out her sewing machine and she sewed her a pillow. I don't know what other 12 year old does that, but she spent a lot of time and a lot of effort. So we get to the day, of course. And I say, we're running short on time. Just classic parents. We're running short on time. We're going to do it tomorrow. And she was really disappointed. And I went up there and I realized it, like I created this whole expectation for her that she was having it. She freaking busted out her sewing machine, left stuff everywhere, just so excited to get it done. And my whole point of telling the story is like, I'm fine going up there and saying, Hey, you know what? I really screwed that up. I'm really sorry. I understand why you would have that feeling. Um, and we ended up doing it that day anyways. And, and nah. I, I, I understood and I'm, I'm okay saying, I don't know. And I'm okay guiding um, and I have, I have my ways and we have our house rules and, and ways to be respectful. Absolutely. But Dave and I talk a lot about, um, we know that we're going to make mistakes. So I don't, we don't beat ourselves up over them. We address them because I think that's, it's a huge thing is when people don't address mistakes, um, you know kids fill in the blanks with their own stories, just like we all do. Humans do that. So we address our mistakes, then we move on and we try and be better. Mm. And the other thing too, is we do things a little bit differently and we're okay with that. Like there's a lot of parents, not a, not i I'm okay. There were enough people to say to me, wow, I really can't believe you're leaving to play. Like I could never do that. Right. So that's great. And I said to, I've said to a couple of people, like, totally get that. That's not right for your family. It's just right for ours. Like there is no right or wrong. And I think that's another, another way that we approach it. And then the last thing I'll say, just one more thing is, um,
0: you keep going, you get a lot more one things if you want them.
1: No. Um, I do believe the more we try to grow, I actually feel like it's helps my parenting a lot. Like when I really put myself out there and I understand that the way I see it isn't the same way that the kids see it. That's like a learning I had for myself, yet I now can apply that to parenting. So I'm able to kind of step back and put myself in their shoes. And that's communication 101, right? As you think that your way is the only way, therefore you're having one conversation and someone else is having a completely other different conversation. You don't even know it, but yet you're getting nowhere. And I think with our kids, it's allowed me to step back and and the work I've I've really done on myself and just not snapping, right? I used to go get your shoes, get your shoes, get your shoes, and then just freaking red line. And that doesn't help anybody. So I think, you know, when I approach the kids as I would anybody, as opposed to like I'm the hammer, this is it. I, it just makes everything run a little bit smoother. Um, I hope the kids feel that, that they're part of
0: mm, everything. I'm sure they do.
1: Anyways, I don't, I don't know I was off on a little
0: tangent. No, that's a great tangent because I think, I think you hit on something really important and that last point in particular is when we do the work on ourselves and we give ourselves that grace, we understand that we don't have all the answers and that we're trying to figure it out and we're trying to learn. We actually get to extend that to everybody else. And it's not easy for a lot of people to extend that into their kids. And I think the kids deserve that. And to your point about... You know, owning when you when you get it wrong. It happened to me <laughs> you know, like yesterday morning. I was waiting in the car for Hope. You know, Bo is already in the car waiting for her, and I had texted her. You know, like let's go, but I didn't say I was in the car. So she was actually in the kitchen waiting for me, and I was in the car. So I came in and I see you're standing there, right, standing there. I'm like, Hope, let's go. We're in the car. She's like, Oh, I didn't know you're in there. So. You know, there's there's like one version of me that's like, yeah, see, I was justified in that because she, she should have known da, 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 that that story. And then uh, later in the morning, I sent her a text. I'm like, you know, I'm really sorry about that. You actually, you know, I I shouldn't have responded that way. You didn't know I was in the garage already, and I didn't communicate that. Like, I, I just apologize for how I how I showed up. And she's like. Oh, so it's okay, Dad. I understand, and but it's important for them to see, like we're trying to get it right.
1: Yes, I and and I think it allows them the opportunity to be. uh, Not that every kid's going to be okay failing, and I we we don't love the word fail, right? Like Mm -hmm. you either do it or you learn. Like what did you learn? And you know we talk about like how, how could you make that situation better, or what could you do in a certain situation that didn't go your way? What could you do? that would create a different outcome because at the end of the day, we want our kids to feel like they have some power in their own life. Right. Yes. And so I think it's important for us to show though, that yeah, we do make mistakes because that will help them let that, you know, water off a of duck's back a little bit easier when they, when they make mistakes. But if we don't, I, I've found and I'm learning, um, un, or unlearning, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, um, it's okay. And I do the best I can. And I've kind of let that go. And it's what we teach our moms. Like, if you made a decision, it's already happened, ruminating, like the guilt and feeling bad about it, just address it. Yeah. And then move on. It's a lot easier and honestly creates clarity for the kids. It creates clarity for you. You can let it go. Then they can understand it's modeling. Oh, when something's not going well, they can address it and move on.
0: Yeah. Beautiful.
1: I mean, it's that's in an ideal world. Do I get frustrated? Absolutely. Yes. You know, it's just something that we work towards. um, And I have found that it helps. I found it opens up lines of communication with kids because I want our kids to be able to come up to us and and tell us anything that they need to. I know that as they get older, they're going to be more private, but I want them to know the doors always open. I will never get mad. I will always have their back. We may have consequences for certain actions. but fair. But I will never be mad for them asking for help or or opening up. And I I never want them to to feel that way. So you, you said it before, it's every kid's gonna have their own, you know, their own life and we want them to. So how can we, you know, cultivate their confidence in themselves of being who they are and not, you know, putting our ideas onto that. So any line of communication that we can open is is a good line of communication.
0: Totally. And that that's really where I've landed lately is just like building that trust with them that, that, that I can handle anything that they share. Um, and I understand there are some things that they're not going to want to share and that, that I'm actually, I, I want them to have that space and I'm not trying to catch them doing something wrong. And when they do do something that maybe I think they're too young to do, you know, we, we, we have conversations and I, I, I'm not super, you know, penal with it, where they need to hide all this stuff from me. And all of a sudden they're not here and they're sneaking it. And then that's where the, the, um, the bad outcomes come from. But when they know that, you know, heaven forbid, they've been drinking and they're at a friend's house, you can stay there. We're good. Like I get it. I prefer you not to drink, but you're good. Like just stay there or I'll come get you. Or I'll,
1: yeah, or you can call me. You like don't ever feel me. like you can't call me.
0: No matter what has happened, like just in the, you have to again, you have to get the reps in for the little things with them to show them that you can handle that you don't lose your shit over little things.
1: Uh that's a, such a good point, right? If you <laughs> if you lose your shit over something super small, which again, ties back into if you don't feel great, if you're tired because you don't get enough sleep, like there are so many things that we do that create um, our own little monsters within ourselves that then are projected onto our, our kids, especially because we have, you know, the control. Um, technically we're, you know, right head of the household. right? So that is, I'll be the first to say I'm way better parent when I have actually taken care of myself. But you're right. If you lose your shit on something so little, why would you expect them to want to come to you when there's something truly, you know, bigger kids, bigger problems? Yeah. Um, When If something, there's a really, you know, risky situation. So, yeah, it's like, at the end of the day, trust is such a good word. Safety, trust, um, and just knowing we have have their backs. But it's funny because Dave and I will talk all the time. And, I mean, we try... We try really hard and we try to hold each other, each other accountable. This is another thing too. Um, I, in the past would have been really defensive if Dave would have critiqued my parenting or Mm. critiqued a way that I spoke to the kids. I now understand that maybe my intention or the way I say something doesn't come out like it was supposed to, or maybe I'm just not being a very, you know, patient mom at the time. And it goes um, vice versa. There have been moments where I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe we should, you know, give him a little bit of space on this We've kind of been up his ass for whatever homework, whatever it is. Um, but we actually have those conversations with each other right now, which wouldn't have been well received, you know, a few years ago, I think I would have been like, screw you. I'm his mom. I know exactly what I'm doing. F off. Like, yeah, you have no place. You weren't in this conversation. Yeah. And now it's, it's a full team effort. And I want him to tell me, right um one of our speakers that came in for our canadian olympic team was um her name's judy she's amazing but she she always talks about it as feed forward and i really instead of feedback i'm like really hung on to oh, that. Like that um when someone gives you some you know something to work on or something to think about or something that you can do better i think feedback we get like defensive and i've hit that point where i was like oh i appreciate you telling me that i don't want to come across that way or yes um I probably should get off his back or maybe I'll come back with my own, you know, kind of defense, but it allows us to open the conversation so that we can make a better parenting decision or a more appropriate one in the future. But that's something that is on the newer, like we've been doing it for probably a couple, maybe a couple of years, but I, you know, maybe actually just since 2020, Yeah. you would have asked me if you would have said something to me about the way I said, I would have not handled that well.
0: Yeah, well, it just it shows to the, the the work you've done and, that you know, that Dave's done and getting that feed forward. I do like that. It, it feels better than feedback. Feels a little, yeah, a little defensive.
1: Yeah, you like feed forward. You're like, okay, get, and then you want more of it, right? Like, yeah. how can I get ahead? You give me some constructive criticism. I can now be better than I was, right? Feedback usually just feels like <laughs> eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah.
0: So if there are any moms out there who are sometimes a little shorter with their kids than they want to be and they lose their shit and the little things they can't let go of and be there. And at the end of the day, they want to build real trust with their kids so that they, when the shit hits the fan, you'll be the one your kid calls and they won't try to figure it out with their knucklehead friends. Then where do they sign up?
1: <laughs> um, you know what? We have strong mom, strong fam website. We have a Facebook group. Um, I'm on Instagram, Lauren Bay Regula there, Lauren Bay Regula on Facebook. If you guys find me there, I literally, I will get you to where you need to be. The amount of messages. I I, I open my messenger sometimes and it's like, uh. like where I have to like, but I get to every single one of them. Every single one of them will get gotten to. I'll, we send you a link. Um, we can hop on a call or you can join our group and just see what we do. We, you know, we got a lot of people. Oh, so you can
0: join the group before?
1: Yeah, so we have a, a bigger group that yeah. you can join that gives us, gives everybody an idea of who we are, what we do. Oh, that's, I love And that. then when you sign up for the program, we have a private group as well. But we have a lot of people who are like, okay, I've been creeping for about six months and I'm ready to hop on a call now. So, um, so yeah, so you can message me either on Instagram or Facebook and I will get you all the information you need.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I love for you. for
1: having me.
0: cow. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different. Only different in your
1: mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.